bird. It's a plane. Well, hello, beautiful. Listen up, casual. You've got a plan. I'm afraid my protocols are being overridden. Game over, man. <laughs> Listen up, casuals. We are back with another spellbinding episode of our show. This is Rocco. And this is Chris. I think you mean mutating. In this episode, there will be a lot of mutating, <laughs> a lot of mutating and some animals. <laughs> well, let's, let's clarify on that. Mutating animals, at least. That's good. Yes. And we're not talking about us. We're talking about, uh, well, fictionalized animals. <laughs> the best kind. All right. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, those brothers in a half shell. Yes, uh, man. Oh, my God. The toys, the toys I had. Right. What a what a cool concept. I mean, we've seen it a couple of times throughout toy history, I, I'll say. But to just drive home this very, it's like expansive toy line that went on for years, still going on today. Uh, that was based on the TV show, based on a comic that was definitely not uh, for children. Uh, so yeah, I find it really interesting where uh, TMNT ended up and how popular it got with the general public when it really started with just like really humble you know origins oh yeah absolutely um you know when you think teenage mutant ninja turtles you don't the first thing you you don't think about is the comics and i always knew it was a comic but i was never familiar with that as a child it wasn't something i was exposed to like i was exposed to the batmans and the spider-man and the x-men those were actual comic books i was introduced to as a child Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the movies and the cartoon show. And uh, to me, they really went synonymously in the 80s with the Ghostbusters. For me, it was like Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters. What are you into? The real Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. Yes. The real Ghostbusters, the cartoon show and Ninja Turtle cartoon show with the April O'Neil's very yellow and the the van that they had and the the one girl Ninja Turtle that, that came in at one point. Um, it was, I didn't put that on this show, my friend. Oh, okay. That's just, we don't speak of those things. We don't no, speak of joking. those things. Okay. I'm just joking. I'm just joking, but I really didn't put it on the show. Well, r- well, no, regardless, <laughs> the point of this beautiful show is that we're going to talk about the comics and we're going to talk about the other media for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So hold on to your shell casuals because we're going to get into it tonight. That's right. That's right. Uh, so you know, it's it's funny to have such knowledge of something, but not have knowledge of what we actually, you know, basically bring our knowledge of comic books into the show when we do it. This time around, neither one of us have extensive, any kind of real extensive, extensive knowledge of the Turtles comics. No, we don't. To the point where I'm going to bring up such an awesome beginning of this that I was how I was today years old when I found this out. Um, so I can't wait to just, that's a big surprise. So please stay tuned for that, especially if you're really into Marvel comics um, and you've listened to past episodes of ours, you wait till I tell you about this. <laughs> yeah, this is, it's pretty awesome. Uh, but let's, let's start with our key issues. Let's just run down this list. Uh, yes. This is, this is years of comics. I mean, dating back to 1984. When were you born? Two years later. 
two years later i was four okay so this is like it's amazing to like think about how this is really our our generation comic yeah our generation story comic the characters whatever the cartoon coming out in the late 80s into the 90s during mm-hmm. that time of our lives just just a smart smart idea to take it to this level but what um kevin eastman and peter Laird they created the characters and it's i read about this thing called gobbledygook uh mm-hmm. and this was actually a publication that the two of them did independently and they would it was their own little comic thing mm-hmm. and they would actually take the pages and staple and all that stuff so they didn't send it to print or anything so it was very wow. uh very uh very indie and uh so there's there's a little debate about where did the teenage ninja turtles really first appear was it in the comic you know mm-hmm. number one or was it this and as of more recent times they go with the the comic itself so if you can find a gobbledygook number one or number two out there, you know, wow. make sure it's not a counterfeit from what I've read, but get that graded. That, that That's worth a pretty penny. I believe it. Jesus. So I mentioned TMNT number one. It came out, like we said, 1984. Mm-hmm. First appearance of the Brothers Four, Master Splinter, the Shredder, and the Foot Clan. So we get this great introduction to you know the main the main characters that we know of T- tmnt lore but i want you to talk about what you were just about to bring up because this is a good this is a good way or i think a good spot to inject that into this conversation i'm so happy you said that because as you were explaining this i was thinking to myself "Ooh, this would be a really good time to slide this in here so So those of you that are longtime listeners, first of all, thank you. Secondly, we did an episode on my one of my two favorite superheroes, Daredevil, the the devil of hell's kitchen. Um, He, you know, the man without fear. uh, He is very near and dear to me, extremely near and dear to me as a, a literary character. Now, I did a little research on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles today. Um, because I heard this rumor that they were in some way, some form written as actually a parody to Daredevil. And I really did not know how deep this went. So apparently the actual story unofficially, but the creators say that this is their, this is their story. This is the creators of the Ninja Turtles, their headcanon. Which I think is which I think is hilarious in itself. Being big fans of Frank Miller's Daredevil, um, they said that the story is that an old man is trying to cross the street and a truck filled with radioactive materials was about to hit the man when a young boy jumped and saved the man, but the radioactive material came off the truck and a canister broke open and went all over the eyes of the young boy. And then proceeded to roll into a sewer where it was found by four baby turtles and a a rat. And if those of you that, you know, casuals listen up for those of you that don't know, that is literally the story of Daredevil with the four turtles added at the end with the rat. And I just I was today years old when I figured that out um, and when I put that together, I think that it's the coolest thing ever. And then they went further like 
you know, uh, Splinter. And then for Daredevil, he's got Stick. Stick is his mentor. Splinter is the turtle's mentor. Also, Daredevil always fights this clan, the secret clan of ninjas called the Hand. It's funny. The turtles fight a secret clan of ninjas called the Foot. So, again, the parallels are fantastic. Um, but yeah, I read this great article on Screen Rant, actually, of, of all places about that today. And that's that is so cool. What a what a neat what a neat little uh, gem there that you brought to the table, my friend. I uh, fanboys, right? Yes. Oh, East yes. Miller, they loved Frank Miller's run on Daredevil. It's the best and, one. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing story. I, I love that. I love that. Um. So our so our brothers four are born, uh, and they they grow up, train with Master Splinter in the ways of ninjutsu, and then they all you know they get their four personalities. Oh, and by the way, real quick, to this day there has still not been a Daredevil Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. They've had crossovers it, yeah. with Batman. They've had crossovers with a big uh, recent crossover with the Power Rangers, mm-hmm. but never Daredevil. And I that that is even funnier to me. Yeah. Right, what's up, Marvel? Why aren't you playing? Why aren't you playing the sandbox? Come on, exactly. Nice. Exactly. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I digress. No, it's good. No, it's fine. I, I think that's a really good point. Um, also, I wanted to mention how, you know, they weren't different colors at first they were all red right so yes. that's another maybe that's another homage the red to daredevil uh, yes perhaps who knows yeah um so but they did have their individual weapons so leonardo had his katanas michelangelo is uh nunchucks donatello had the bow staff and Raphael had the size yep. so what a cool idea there um especially since they brought the personalities of all each one you know uh the table and that you know evolved even more in the tv show uh and then you know to what we know today yeah it's funny they took what they these turtles have like total la surfer skateboarders like mentality (laughs) but in new york city minus Raphael. Raphael is a new yorker Mm-hmm. Raphael is is from that motherfucker is from the Bronx. Okay, like, <laughs> he is a New Yorker, tried and true. Um, the rest of them, though, they've always had like that surfer like vibe, and I didn't see anything wrong with that. I just think it's funny that they're in New York City. Yeah, yeah, but when you can surf the sewers, <laughs> why have why go out to California? You know, that's why? true. Why? That's true. <laughs> um. Let's let's jump back into the keys. Yes. So it's really the follow up issue of number two introduces to some big characters as well. Uh, April O'Neil, Baxter Stockman, and the Mousers. Oh, got the Mousers. Uh, which you know used a lot in the in the show. Yep. You know the show had a different origin than the comics. Even I think we got a little bit closer with the Michael Bay movies. I think in some yeah. In some um, but not really at the same time. I, I'm trying to remember what they did with that animated movie, but I know I remember loving it and we'll talk about that later. Um, but then Raphael gets his own spinoff, very popular character. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is 1985 and Casey Jones shows up. This is his first appearance in the, in, in the Raphael book, not in mm-hmm. regular Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Run. 
So it's pretty neat that they got a they got a spinoff title a year later. Absolutely, especially with Raphael. Oh. Raphael's like he's my favorite one. I, who, I don't know who's your favorite turtle. Leonardo. Okay, Raphael was always mine. Hot headed, angry, always wanted to do his own thing, but he was always there for his brothers when he when they needed him. Um, but I think that that's cool. And then not knowing much about these comics to see that he had, he had the first spinoff in 1985 to me, just makes sense. Just makes yeah. sense. Um, I want to mention that this is all under Mirage. Uh, oh, studios. Okay. so this was, you know, another, not one of the big, you know, not the big two. So mm-hmm. this was an independent, you know, independent studio, um, yeah. which is great. Um, Next character I wanted to bring up was the Rat King, one of my favorite villains, I think, from the cartoon, at least, you know, mm-hmm. growing up, it was a neat concept, very Pied Piper-like. Mm-hmm. Um, he shows up in a comic called Tales of TMNT. Uh, this is 1988, issue four. So this is another spinoff of the the original mm-hmm. Darker series. Also, Leatherhead, uh, the the alligator, hey, crocodile hey. guy, whatever he is. Um, showed up in 1988 in issue six. So -hmm. these are kind of like the ones that, you know, made it over and have Mm -hmm. continued to kind of show up in the shows that have come out. Yeah. Um, So I love that. I mean, they have a really colorful cast of characters and villains. Mm -hmm. But then when the cartoon started, they, they did a, basically a comic that was similar to it. Right. So it was, it was in that style. It was more of the cartoon world. So you started to see, um the characters that were introduced you know via the show mm-hmm. um including bebop rocksteady and krang mm-hmm. you know and you know krang eventually becomes a really great character in the comics and they can do a lot more with him um but you know it's 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 funny that they continue they this world grows right yeah. so like in the in the second movie we get token razar who we didn't really know yeah but then you know they're introduced into other other iterations of the turtles moving forward so i love how the lore continued to grow throughout the years i i agree although they uh and razar were freaking disappointing to me as a kid um when you wanted bebop and reebok reebok when you want reebok you know yes i want a reebok exactly right bebop and rocksteady but i i got you i understand where you're going with that um yeah it wasn't bebop and rocksteady and it felt like cheap imitation but you know what we're gonna talk about that later yeah yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that yeah i mean those characters um still today i mean they put them in the you know the other movies which was great too so um i want to mention in number 53 slash 54 uh mm-hmm. this is 1992 of the ninja turtles run mm-hmm. uh this is first karai who is shredder's daughter i okay. believe so I'm, I'm you know she was featured a lot in the really popular nickelodeon cartoon show oh which people loved like they're like a lot of people like this this is my turtles oh wow. um you know the new generation so they they concentrate on her a lot more and um which we didn't really get in the in the original mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. but 1992 is when she first appeared and that oh, was wow. kind of like the last big name that i threw in there okay. uh, that, that i think was important because eventually uh, a few years later in 1996 uh image actually uh mm-hmm. takes over on mm-hmm. on 
on Ninja Turtles. Yep. And it's funny because it's like uh, I was reading some articles and they're like, it was very weird run, um, mm-hmm. in which like kind of intrigues me to go back and read it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I guess, it was like really kind of like off the rails. I would say. Jesus, I feel like the turtles operate best, kind of right in the middle of like really gritty and still cartoony i think that they're at the end of the day they're four giant turtles that know ninja moves so like (laughs) you have to have a little a level of tongue in cheek but you can also still make that gritty and i'm going to talk about the first turtles movie you know when we get there regarding that yeah no I, i i know exactly where you're going with it and that i think that's really something interesting to think about because um as as time went on, we see Nickelodeon acquiring mm-hmm. the property, and basically, I mean, it's called a media franchise, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, years of toys. I mean, how oh, many yeah. Ninja Turtles toys did you have? I mean, seriously. Oh my god, dude! I had the van. I had all four of them. I had them in different outfits. I had April O'Neil. I had Bebop and Rocksteady. Dude, Jesus Christ! I had everything. I had the bandanas. I had the plastic weapons i beat my brother down with them oh yeah i had all of it we were we were turtle kids it was turtle power i mean there was a reason why they had a live show back then which was utterly ridiculous but at the same time it garnered it it was like (laughs) this this was a phenomenon (laughs) in our day not just that but like it was one of the top three. Now, listen up, casuals. Those of you under our age don't know a little thing that is called an arcade. OK, oh. and um, people like Chris and I used to go to those things back in ancient times, and we would bring cargo shorts full of quarters. And it was either I always started X-Men first. If four people were on X-Men, yes. we moved to Ninja Turtles. If four people were on Ninja Turtles, it was Simpsons. Those were the three games, period. So I'm sorry, Turtles. I don't mean to be rude, but X-Men was always if X-Men was open, the four of us hit X-Men. But if X-Men was was, if if X-Men was busy, then it was always Ninja Turtles was the next one. Always. And I was always Raphael. And I had a crew. There were four of us little dudes. And back when Chuck E. Cheese was bomb. What is Chuck E. Cheese now? What is Chuck E. Cheese now? Nothing. I don't know. I have nothing been in centuries it's a young child's casino okay (laughs) it's despicable all right the smoking section oh god no there's no smoking section but god when there was one that was the best the 80s everything had one of those those nasty ashtrays and all (laughs) i think about is the same color off brown ashtray every place had them right and that's where my dad was giving me quarters he would be sitting in the smoking lounge chain smoking drinking a beer because you could at Chuck E. Cheese and handing me quarters. And it was Ninja Turtles, man. If it wasn't X-Men, it was Ninja Turtles. That's listeners. I want you to hit us up. If you remember anything I just said. For me, because I lived in Olean and had nothing. It was a bowling alley that had like that the rotation of them. Right. And Hell yeah. They, and then we also had, we had Aladdin's castle in the, in the mall. And that's why actually I put a video game section on in this episode. Oh my God. Uh, because of the influence of it. So that's why we need to get to the second half of the show. I'm sorry. Um, I'm just skipping ahead. I got don't, excited. Don't, don't, don't you apologize to me. It's fine. Right. Because 
they have to understand the passion of, yes. the, of the turtle. That's exactly. It. No, that's why we're here. And I'm sure they do because there's generations of, of turtle fans out there. So absolutely. Um, like I said, 2006, I'm sorry, 2009, mm-hmm. Nickelodeon buys the franchise. And look what happens after that. I mean, we get that show, we get new action figures, and it's just an onslaught from there. Um, and then, so in Comicsville, we get IDW taking over the title in mm-hmm. 2011, just basically bringing it back from the dead. Um, so Kevin Eastman wrote this wrote this series. Uh, oh, wow. Him, so have you ever watched The Toys That Made Us? Um, I've watched it for, I watched the Star Wars episode, of course. Watch the Ninja Turtles one. I okay. learned something watching that about these two is that they hadn't spoken for years. Wow. They had a falling out. And I mean years. And it was sad because I didn't realize this. And you're watching this show and they reunite on this show and they do a project. Um, and so wow. that's, that's the beauty of the last Ronin. Uh, because with that, we have, you know, the first project that they've done together in a long time coming wow. back and writing this future story of what happens. And it just coincidentally wrapped up today with the last issue, which is wow. funny, right? <laughs> yeah, no. So uh, this is what I wanted to talk about comics wise is I saw this on your list and the last Ronin was advertised in my local comic shop. And a lot of people were picking it up, and I and I knew a lot of circles um, were picking this this run up. Do you know how many issues it is? Five. Wow, that's it. Five issues. Um. So yep. with that, being, and I'll tell you, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you. No, I, please. I will tell you, it's number the number one issue. So these comics are oversized; they're kind of like black label, yeah, but they're yeah. smaller. Okay. So it's going to be difficult to find like mint copies, right? Yeah. So. This is already one of the most collectible modern comics right now, which is an amazing like thing that because it just the monumentous like occasion that they got back together, wrote this together, yeah. did the art, you know, finally worked together and sure and, and worked out their differences. So goddamn. Um, well, please, please continue. I'm no, sorry. I was gonna say this is where I wanted to see if I could get into Ninja Turtles comic book wise. And I always have had regrets that I didn't grab number one. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm at a point now where after doing the show, I might just go tomorrow. It's like, do you have a number one laying around and just see what happens, you know? Um, who knows? But yeah, this is I'm very well aware of this book, but I never trade. I thought about that too. If it's only five issues, the trade shouldn't be too bad. And it should be coming out soon if they just wrapped up. So, you know, I might just wait for the trade. Um, but either way, like this, this is a comic series I was aware was going on that I really regret I didn't start at the beginning with. I mean, this this five issue series is uh, is basically a, like an Elseworlds tale. So you don't have to really have anything going into it besides the fact that you know the turtles. Yeah, that's that's what I that's, that's what I heard about it. it. The IW series. Yeah, I mean the IW series I've heard is really good. I have read a couple a uh, couple issues here and there from it, and I thought that there was some really neat stuff going on there because it was 
Eastman writing it. Uh, yeah. And, the, you know, this is this is the creator and this is this is more stories in the world of Turtles and darker, you know. So sure. And not only that, they I don't know if they finished it already um, or if it's ongoing, but the Power Rangers crossover, because I see that on the shelves a lot is the yeah. uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Power Rangers comic book crossover, which is pretty cool. I don't know anything about it. And and for me, like, um, unless it's the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, unless it's Zach and Trini and Jason and Tommy, and I, I'm not interested in Kimberly. Like, I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it is because I think they did that time period on purpose with, you know, those those original characters with the Ninja Turtles. Co- they, when they, they basically coexisted around the same time. I mean, of course they did. What am I saying? They've been Ninja Turtles have been around for as long as Power Rangers now, longer than Power Rangers, but in that same sort of where they just keep getting resurrected, you know? Yeah, no, ex- exactly. It's wild to see my kid watching Power Rangers, and I look at the date, and it's new, and I'm like, what? And I like, dude, I just I put on the Green Ranger saga. I was like, you watch this, okay? This is what you watch in this house, okay? But anyway, this is where you start. Exactly. Exactly. And again, Why did you come to me and casuals, <laughs> casuals. If you are listening to this, just tell me, you know, about the Green Ranger saga. That's all I want to know. That's it. Anyway. So raise it well. I, I try. So you got so we've got the last Ronin and then the Power Rangers crossover, which from what I've seen is the latest comic book stuff coming out for Ninja Turtles. But I only know is last Ronin has been very highly rated. Yes. Yeah. If you can get your hands on it to read it, be, do it. I mean, this is like what happens? Why is there only one turtle left? You know, it's some dark shit. So I'm, I'm very I'm very excited to to read it in, in its entirety. Yeah, yeah, you sold me. Sold. <laughs> All right. Excellent. But I think this is a good point to go to commercial and then we're going to come back and we're we're going to really geek out because it's it's really about the stuff that we grew up on. All Hell right. Yeah. So we'll be back. Defet Comics is the publishing branch of don'tforgetatowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture... Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the Campfire Chats, a DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. We are back, casuals. This is Chris. And this is Rocco. And we are talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Woo! Yes. Yes, and we just went over a lot of comic book stuff. We got on some tangents. We had a lot of fun, but we are back to talk about their uh, television and silver screen media. Yes. So this is really where our knowledge lies. And, you know, we we ran down a lot of the comics and their history there in the, in the first part of the show. So, but now 
let's talk really what how we found out about Ninja Turtles. And that's that's the late 80s, early 90s cartoon show that took the idea and made it for the general public. Yeah, absolutely. That that cartoon show, man, that was on every day and we watched it every day. We didn't miss can you it. Sing, can you sing the theme song? I can't. I, it's in my head right now. Teenage right. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, I can't do it right, but it's Don't in sing my it head. much longer. Then we're going to copyright issues. But Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> we can't have that. We can't have that. But um, no, I mean, casuals, if you're listening, you know the song. It's in your head, too, now. Exactly. And this is this is something that was Saturday mornings. Like mm-hmm. I, whatever happened to Saturday morning cartoons? I guess because now you have a cartoon channel. There's streaming. Like you have you have kids. Is yeah, streaming exactly. We don't have cable. We just have streaming. Right. So you've cut those those cords. Yeah, I'm sure many and, others have. What a concept! It is Saturday it is morning a cartoons. It's wild. I try to explain it to my daughter, and she just like, "What does that mean? What about Netflix? Like, we don't." We didn't have Netflix. We had Saturday morning, and then we had like the six o'clock cartoons every back day. In my, back in my day, I had to wait until Saturday to watch cartoons. Yeah, well, Nickelodeon would have like those end of the day cartoons. I have um, three channels. You had three channels. Well, you were in maybe two, and then sometimes snow. You know, we had no for us. It for us we had we were like we were true um what's the what's the word middle class because it was we had cable right but when Disney Channel was on for free for a week it was a big deal and it was like your parents were like why is Disney Channel on put it on because it's free <laughs> so you know again we were true middle class in the in the 90s um but anyway no ninja turtles was always that cartoon that was on every day at like 6 p.m um every day and then but that wasn't the new one, it was the reruns the new yeah. ones were saturday morning that was the bit saturday morning was the big show no absolutely i mean it's just such a weird generational thing in my in my opinion now that everything is instant so the the translation of these of these characters to a kid's show uh, coupled with a very popular toy line. Mm-hmm. And as I, I don't know, I'm sure a lot of listeners don't know, like I'm completely obsessed with toys. You're in the toys. Yep. Like I, like I run a business out of my house and shit in regards to that. So I've always collected action figures and it was definitely, you know, we mentioned earlier, it's like, main staple like real ghostbusters mm-hmm. had the show to go along with it ninja turtles had yep. the show to go along with it they're all doing that like that he-man formula mm-hmm. um that the it 80s worked. did so well it did transformers thundercats all that stuff it was and you see why this imprint is made on us as children and it lasted today because now look at what happens with pop culture look how much like how impactful it is how much money it makes Mm-hmm. all of that stuff but we were just nerds back in the day. exactly like it was just but but it was a comforting time it was a it was a it yeah. was a time and a place that made you just feel good and you were having fun playing your pretend games you know and and the ninja turtles met the ghostbusters 
and Batman was there and Iron Man yeah, showed Batman up. Was definitely there. And then at the end, Spider-Man saved the day. And you you'd create these little scenarios in your brain, especially if you had a sibling. I had a younger brother. Um, man, oh, man, we had a playroom in our old house and we had every we had everything. We had all the toys and it was just it was it was crazy. It was that's where I started getting into toys. Now I just don't play with them anymore. I just wish it was socially acceptable, but it's not. <laughs> Playing with toys? Yeah. Don't lie to yourself. You know it is. Look at <laughs> look at all those Instagram accounts out there. Like it's true. Some, there are some crazy talented individuals making a lot of money off playing with toys. So that's true. The photography. Changed. The photography. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's funny to me to like think about this because I collected Ninja Turtle figures like mm-hmm. crazy. I mm-hmm. think it may have been probably the one line I had the most of when I was a kid. And I watched the cartoon all the time. Mm-hmm. And so what's fun about this is that this phenomenon, you know, it wasn't just, you know, small. No. This was one of the biggest like money makers of all time. And so then it got movies. But let's talk about at least the first movie to start because that that movie to me did something that I think we talked about this pre-show where you you have this dark concept as a comics, mm-hmm. much more street level, daredevil-esque, whatever. Oh yeah. And then you have this cartoon that totally put them into the pop culture zeitgeist. Yes. But then this movie does something. It does. It it's gritty, but it's still tongue in cheek because at the end of the day, you have to remember these are four giant turtles and Ninja Turtles for me is, is a, it's a very special film. The first one, um, one thing my dad and I shared was film and he, he introduced me to all the movies that I love. So like Ninja Turtles, dude, Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, those were the you're on dad's lap and you're watching this movie and Ninja Turtles. The first one was that movie was one of those movies. And it was dark, but it wasn't. You felt you actually felt like that scene where Raphael loses his the buildup, the tension when Splinter has been when their place was ransacked and they took Splinter that the buildup until he screams was believable for a man in a giant turtle suit. You actually like felt it. And I think that every subsequent movie lost that period. It it came out at the right time. I mean, talk about the eighties and just the change that went into the Mm nineties. The nineties are definitely its own subset of movies. And you can Mm -hmm. see that with secret of the ooze and especially when they went totally off mm. into a different world with you know turtles in time no that's the game, yeah teenage turtles in time yep. three was it okay yep and it's 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 interesting because let's let's see this movie came out in 1990 mm-hmm. now these suits are jim henson studio Yes, which is you know such an amazing you know fact about this movie, exactly. And it was the just best like puppet shop in existence. And that's really the thing about these this uh, practical effects because you have fast forward to the Michael Bay movies. You have you have 
you know, you have CGI turtles, we have CGI everything these days. And what I like is like, what I like is when they de-evolve things, like Mm -hmm. have they done that in the Mandalorian now versus what they were doing with Star Wars, you know, what Disney was doing with Star Wars at first and so forth. Um, And getting back to that puppetry, Mm -hmm. I think that that's what sold those movies to me more because it always felt more real. They were tangible. You could touch them. Yeah. But I also kind of want to know what, yeah. And I want to know what, you know, how kids feel these days about that kind of stuff. Because to grow up with like Yoda as a puppet and then they change him Mm -hmm. in the next generation, you know, it's just that that level. Yeah, it it is. And so I, I feel like those movies, at least definitely the first one, like you said, you have this connection with it because it is real. It is real. No, you're you're absolutely right. And that's that was the big thing, but not not just that, but you had this side story with April April's boss's son that was a complete side story, but it inter it ended up intertwining with the main storyline and it was powerful and it had a message and it it meant something. There was a meaning there. Like I watched this movie as a child and it blew my freaking mind. But then I watched it as an adult. And it blew my freaking mind again, but for something completely different. And it was your, this story made you feel feelings. And they're two, two, they're four giant turtles and a giant rat. Think about that. That doesn't even make any sense. If I were to explain this out of context, you would think I should be locked up. And it's interesting to think about the, the adaptation that they did because there's a lot of really cool, fantastical things that come out of the 80s, a lot of movies like that. But to be able to cash in that quickly mm-hmm. on a franchise, to get it to the big screen, and then to do something radical, if I may. Um, <laughs> it, it's I, I love that movie, and it's it's always going to like... It's something that, like you just said, I think it's really special um, what it has in movie history especially in our in our pop culture years that we've that we've experienced exactly and then i just i'm sorry more notable scenes from the first one and then i definitely want to move on and i'm sorry but when when they when they take casey jones and they run out to the country because they're not safe in new york city to the farm to the farm and and april is doing the sketches of them and discussing their coping mechanisms with Raphael being possibly dead and them dealing with their brother and then their father has been taken from them as well. They're scared, but the way that they coped with it, that was something so like, again, I just marathon these three movies and, and like, it was so deep and beautiful. And then the scene where all four of them are meditating around the fire and splinter comes through the fire and gives them those Confucius words and they the the tears rolling down their big green faces oh my god i was holding back my own tears and you have to again you go back to these are four giant turtles <laughs> like this is so ridiculous but it works why does it work i don't even know because they're mutants man maybe but but then we jump into secrets of the use yeah and- yeah we do and I love it, but for nostalgic purposes only. That's it. Yeah, 
I, I really think it was just Vanilla Ice that did it for me in that movie. Uh, no, you know what? Oh yeah, it's it's a really big departure. They they try their best. They change actresses for April. Um, big mistake, which is unfortunate because Judith Hogg is it was amazing. Um, so that's my April. Yep. Yeah, and it, it you know it's funny because like as we get older, it's even more. I can see it even more now. You know, and 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 appreciate it the casting and all that stuff even Corey feldman is donatello come on i mean uh, dude the <laughs> the disparity between the first turtles movie and the second turtles movie is in, is incredible to me now again i just marathon these three to get ready for this show and i the first one i literally like cried in moments and was like how am i so emotional for this film and then, the, then I put the second one on thinking, yeah, man, the second one, I love the second one. Right. And it's so vapid. There's no none of those points. There's no emotion. There's no feeling. None of that exists. I enjoyed the second movie, but it was for nostalgia purposes. I liked where it took me. It was fun. It's a fun movie. I, I'm scared to even hear what you are going to say about the third one. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. If I appreciate maybe the action figures that came out of it. I don't know. Sure. I had them. <laughs> they had the helmets, the removable helmets. Cause they were like supposed to be, um, uh, samurai. Well, samurai. That's right. Um, right. I thought they were ninjas. Yeah. Right. Pick one, stay in a lane. I thought they're distinct difference here. First um, of all, no time sp- travel's fun. I get it. Yeah. They were doing it. Like the get the game did it right. There was this amazing game. The follow-up to the arcade game. Sure. Was turtles in time. I believe. Yeah, I or think whatever. so. Um, what is the name of that third movie? I need you to look it up because did they, is it the same title as yes. that game? It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three turtles in time. God, I am frightened now. Um, Unfortunately, it got to that point, right? And is it? It's just cash grabs. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is still super popular. The the, the show uh, is how many seasons they even run? For? Dude, I went to the so theater. Many. I went to the theater for this movie. Yes. No, I, you- I I remember. I I vividly remember the battle scene, like the yes. catapults and all that stuff, like. That's that's the crazy thing about like the impact of of Ninja Turtles. Yes, but like first of all, they definitely had to cut budgets through these films for the costumes because they progressively got worse. The first movie the costumes were gorgeous. The second mm-hmm. movie they were a little off. It was a little weird. And then the third movie was like, what is happening? Why are they looking? Are they eating? They look emaciated. And then, you know, they were just so skinny. And then Splinter was always behind. He looked like a Chuck E. Cheese character. He was always behind the window in, <laughs> in the subway. He, turtles, turtles, turtles. He just move his hands slightly like Oh my God, this is an animatronic Chuck E. Cheese character. That's what Splinter looked like. And then they go to ancient Japan. For why? Heritage, man. Okay. Where's Bebop and Rocksteady? Where, <laughs> where is Krang? Actually, let's, 
Where's Let's Dimension go back X? to yes. secrets of back to secrets of the U's again because we do need to talk about this yes, token Razar thing. We do. Where and we haven't even talked about Vanilla Ice and Super yeah. Shredder. So um, right. I'm confused when you have two perfectly good mutants to use that you've made cartoons of for almost ten years. Like we're talking this. I looked up the cartoon until 1996. Yep. The movies came out 90. And then 93 was the third mm-hmm. one. So all those movies came out in a very small time span. Mm-hmm. And you still have a very popular cartoon on TV. And this is what you did to it. Like, like you said, nostalgia aside, why didn't they do those, those two mutants? Why give us those two? Like they made their way into the pop culture, but still. Yeah, it was the, but the, the most aggravating thing is the setup was perfect. Yeah. So Shredder got his hands on the same ooze that created giant turtles. So he goes to a zoo and steals a rhinoceros and steals a warthog. And then does, and then you could literally just have the movie continue from there. You literally, they didn't have to change anything else in the movie. Just, just that. And it works. The whole thing works. That's what's so aggravating. So why, why, just not do that you got a dog and you got a snapping turtle i just feel like always back in the day even up to almost like some somewhat recently people are always afraid to try to do the same thing they're like i want to do something i want to put my spin on it i want to i want to do it my way or the studio is you know overbearing xyz so i get it because it's it's a tough thing because then fans are like, what the heck is this, right? And then they complain. Yeah. And then it's like, in the end, across all of these different franchises, the point is, is that we're like, why doesn't the studio listen to the fans? Yeah, yeah. Warner Brothers. But, right? you know. but like, you can still put your spin on it in certain areas. Why choose such an area? It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any you sense. Up- and then, mm-hmm. What? No, no. What you I say? just want to say, you brought up Krang in dimension x and it's like instead you give us this time travel movie to ancient japan like this was a good point to probably bring in those characters right we could have had krang we could have had dimension x and that's to me where the michael bay films come in is he started to get closer to things um that i was far more familiar with um but the full CGI completely took me out of any emotional attachment I could have to any of his films at all. They were just, again, Michael Bay action porn. You know, it's, it's funny. The very first Transformers movie to me, I had the same kind of feeling when I, like I, when I watched Jurassic Park for the first time, mm-hmm. because of what he did at that point in, in filmmaking. Right. And Transformers One is a is a decent movie, and I mm-hmm. and I'll stand by that. I, I like that movie a lot. When I see that CGI, it impresses me because we we're still at a time where it was kind of young. Yes. But then, you know, to to completely use that, it does take you out of it because you do have look at the look at the Star Wars prequels. They feel more empty at times because you have these actors acting against green screens a lot. So, it, it it's really just what kind of performance are you getting from your actors? And these movies, they didn't get great, you know, supporting cast. They got decent supporting cast. Um, and they were fun, you know, and mm-hmm. 
they tried to do it more like the comics and the original story i feel um i agree but at the same time i i completely agree with you on the the overuse of cgi completely it's it's just it's sad because it was giving me the stories i wanted out of teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 and 3 and i mean the originals like it's giving me those stories so you know baxter stockman made an appearance and you had um bebop and rocksteady and right and you had shredder and crank you had the whole team was there right and you had talk of dimension x and it was all right there and i was like yes but why did you not use practical turtles like they can do it okay it's it can be done it was done. They did it in 1990. <laughs> exactly. Okay. You did it. In I'm pretty sure Jim Henson Studios is still around. Exactly. I'm sorry, but Ghostbusters took how many decades to get me a true sequel that I adored? I don't yes. care. It came. So I was happy. Yes. I finally got my Ghostbusters sequel. Turtles, I'm looking at you. And you're about to get another Ghostbusters sequel. sequel. So I, I saw that. Very excited. So you and I have some homework to do because you've admitted to me that you never watched that animated TMNT movie, which is, That's... I, in my opinion, one of my favorite ones. Um, it's probably, besides the original, uh, it's probably my second second favorite. Okay. So, and I have never watched that crossover with Batman that they did recently, which I, I thought was great based on that, uh, the crossover with IDW, IW and DC that, um, I think it's James Tinian that does that writes that actually so i'm not sure i have to look into that but i do know that i um batman versus the ninja turtles was on a streaming i don't remember which streaming platform probably hbo might have been yeah and uh i remember it was sheer curiosity um because i'm very as as everyone knows i already discussed daredevil my my next favorite uh superhero tied with daredevil's batman and i like my batman served as real as possible i don't like batman in a lot of like alien stuff or magic i'm not that i like i want street level batman i want robert pattinson the batman that's my batman so i want but i love the ninja turtles so i was like let me put this on and let me just see and it worked i don't know how they did it but they did it it worked i enjoyed it i had a smile on my face it was fun it was good well, the comics worked so well that they did three different miniseries really? for them. Yeah. So F- Freddie Williams the third, I think that's the artist on it. Okay. I'm not having this 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 Rain Man moment. Um where it's you're doing great. <laughs> falling into my brain. Um exactly. so, where you parked the car on Sunday. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> um so there's also as usual more ninja turtle projects in the works like i don't want to like there was a lot of different animated series i i don't want to go into those very deep because everybody has a different generation of ninja mm-hmm. turtles so now there's a apparently seth rogan is is producing or is 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 putting together the next animated uh movie oh, wow. i heard there's work supposed to be uh you know moving forward for more live action um, another thing I had heard was like Colin, Colin Jost and his brother were attached to write a script uh, mm-hmm. at some point. But yeah, if any of those projects come to fruition, I'm I'm more than there for that. 
Oh, absolutely. I would, I'd love to, you know, this show, this, this episode right here might get me right back into them Ninja Turtles. That's right. So I have some other exciting news um, because you are a video game fan of, of, of the Ninja Turtles. So we grew up in, gosh, I think the original Ninja Turtle game for NES was one of the hardest games to play mm-hmm. uh, out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved that game, but you and I have shared earlier on the show about the the arcade game, which is definitely the most, I would say, the most influential uh, video game for, for Ninja Turtle fans out yes. there. I mean, I can still find it in arcades to this day. Um, so... If but, I see it, I will play it. Like, yeah. I remember I was somewhere, I don't remember where, and I think like I was with my daughter and I was like just scrounging through my pockets, like, oh my God, I need to have a quarter. And I remember I had like $2 and we were at, uh, it was a bar somewhere. We weren't there because it was a bar. We were there because it was a restaurant, but um, I can't remember where it was. Fuck. Now I really got to remember. But anyway, I digress. I, I got change at the bar and my daughter's like, daddy, what are you doing? I'm like, no, you don't know. We're going to, I'm playing this right now. And she's just like, what, why? I'm like, I don't, you can watch or you can go sit down. You can do either or, but if it, but you're you can participate talk. or you yeah. can, I was like, I'll give you, far. yeah, I told you, I'll give you some quarters. You can play with me, you know, like, cause that's the thing. You couldn't mess anyone else up in that game. But if you don't, we're going to be here much longer because I'm going to be using all these quarters. Exactly. And no, she jumped. She jumped in a couple times. And I remember nice. that she was really little. She had to get a stool. And, uh, you know, <laughs> but all I'm saying is that game is an American institution that X-Men and Simpsons. Yes, exactly. I have my small story is I went to a buddy's wedding down in Austin nice. and we went out on 6th Street. And, you know, it's just so many, so many different bars and stuff. But one was like a video game, like a vintage video game themed bar. And in the back room, they had all those old machines. And so we were just like partying and, and just playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles all night. It was great. Oh, my God. I would kill to, dude, I would kill to just have like a real arcade that just like served beer. I would go there with my friends. All I would do that all the time. I want to open one, but, you know, who knows? Hey, that's that could happen. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of other games that came out through the years and a lot of them I didn't play. Um, I think I think Charles and Time was in in the arcades as well. That was the next that was actually a very popular follow up to the original mm-hmm. arcade game. I remember playing that a few times, but mm-hmm. I wasn't as as much into that. But exciting news is that there are a couple things coming out this year including a new game uh, which hits this summer. It's called Shredder's Revenge. This is your classic beat-em-up, side-scrolling games that we love, but yep. it's 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 going to feature the original voice cast. Um, you have what? Splinter and April as playable characters this time around, and so it's a really cool homage game to that old, the old, the old games. But it's awesome. In addition to that, sometime this year, we're getting the Kawabunga collection, which is like 14 games in one collection for i think it's 40 bucks and i was like okay like they do these stupid collections where it's like two three games sometimes and they charge a lot of money i was like 14 games or whatever i will pay 40 bucks for this because it is like the first game 
the arcade game, and then every other Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, including tournament fighters that you wish you could play. So I'm wow. going to have my Switch out. I'm going to get it for Switch. That's awesome. Like, I don't know, though, man. There's something about the joystick in the left hand and the attack jump buttons. You know, with the arcade, I'm saying, like... Well, you could do good mini ones, right? I, I guess. If I'm, mini if me, I, the little controller. If I have to. I just... I'm... I miss arcades. That's it. That's all I got to say. I'm sorry. Me too. Me too. Before COVID, when I would go to Santa Cruz, I'd make a point to go to the arcade because it's amazing. So Yeah, there's just nothing. There's no arcade, like real arcades around here. So I don't know. It's a thing of the past, my friend. It is. It is. We had we had time out. That was the name of our our arcade time out. Aladdin's castle. That's that's awesome. Did it say time out on the tokens? I don't know. I don't remember. I personalized ones. I don't remember. I know that it was like the heavy 90s neon lights. It was in the food court. It was in it was in the corner of the food court right by the entrance. So as soon as you walk into the mall in that area, it's right to your left. And it was loud. And there were always a lot of kids in there. And there are people in referee shirts with the change things on their belts. Yep. And like, that would be it. Like I just have a $20 bill and I was there all night. So they had like a special catalog for like workers to get those outfits. It's like arcade worker. Everybody has to wear the arcade, like the ref outfit, because seriously, that's how they dressed at mine. Which is funny. That was just how they did arcades back then. It's the standardized <laughs> uniform. It would be, dude, it'd just be crazy because like, I don't know, like listeners and listeners, casuals, if you're listening and you're feeling me, just remember, remember when like, you'd be like, you know, waiting for your friends to get there. You're like, oh, oh man, like so-and-so's not here yet, but they're still on turtle Ninja Turtles. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah. you start pacing and you're like, oh my God. And then your buddy gets there and you're like, they're still on this fucking game, man. They've been playing. Yeah, they're still on it. Fuck. There's a reason why. Dave and Buster's exists. And that's because we never grew up where we Toys R Us kids. So it's like we didn't all right, so let's just cater to the adults. Let's let them drink and, and drive motorcycles, but not in the street. There's just I went to Dave and Buster's recently <laughs> and there were so many children there past 10 p.m. that I wasn't having You're any like, fun. I have to call CPS immediately. Yeah, I wasn't having any fun. <laughs> And I look for Ninja Turtles every time I go there, and there is no Ninja Turtles, there's no X-Men, and there's no Simpsons. Fail. They're yeah. way too corporate. Like, modern games, right? A lot of it? Yes. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that's, it's, that is a problem. And, like, tickets. People getting tickets. All these tickets and stuff. So, like, when I went for a friend's birthday, I, got a, I played a bunch of stupid games and got a bunch of tickets, and then just <laughs> literally spent them on stupid things for my kids. Like, I'm right? looking around, like, okay that's a cool star wars action figure but it's like a million and five tickets i have 38 what can i get with this <laughs> how do i get to a million right like yeah who do i, who do I have to talk to around here yeah how does that you y'all don't even have turtles talking to me about million tickets <laughs> get out of here kiss my ass dave and Buzz. when you get turtles in here then we can talk that's i i see what you're saying yes exactly exactly but that's anyway, it's a, a hard deal, my friend. It is. So, it is. Oh, well, know. this has been fun. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I love this episode. This was this was a blast. 
and and like we said we weren't very familiar with the comics at all for whatever reason so that's a big fail on both of our parts i agree but it does it does make me really excited to go back and read them uh because with the last ronin with the with the creators finally reuniting and getting past that feud or whatever they had for too many years you know life is short you know you created something great together uh and look what it look what it's done it's 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 touched so many like different fandoms across across the decades so many different kids can grow up as a ninja turtle fan but it's different than we did it's it's it's, it's a really interesting phenomenon it, it really is. It is. And again, I think that the movies are a great way for me to share it with my kids, too. Um, and then you add the cartoons. And um, yeah, man, the Ninja Turtles, it's it's a they're a timeless. They're a timeless group of dudes that love to say cowabunga and that are also randomly turtles for an inexplicable reason. And they're always going to be teenage. Um, right. But honestly, you know, just like Chris said, this wasn't a comic we were very familiar with. So we did some research, you know, we, we, we've obviously watched the movies and I guess the point is, is that he and I both want to get into the comics. We want to go back and read the comics and, and we're just kind of following what this show is about. And I hope that with our help, you have thought about going back and reading some of these comics um, because they're just fantastic. And I hope that whatever you're reading right now, that you're really, really loving it. And, and yeah, that's just the name of the game. And it's, it's funny because you have, you have a lot in common with these, these, these guys, cause they love daredevil and they, they based it's, it's funny that you learned that today. I think that's such a, such a great thing and, and such a connection because, you know, we've, we did that episode, as you mentioned, and this whole thing spins out of fandom, which is what this show is about you're a hundred percent right absolutely right and um casuals and listeners and everybody that's listening um if you ever have questions about comics or want to get into comic books and don't know where to start you can always contact us um through the show so um don't hesitate um through defense entertainment you can get a hold of us and just ask us stuff and if you have an idea for an episode let us know yeah absolutely yeah Rocker just mentioned Deep Entertainment. You know, check out all the great shows on that podcast network. A lot of different things for different people. Uh, so we're not, you know, we talk a lot about comics, Rock and I, but there's plenty of other topics out there. Yes, from pop culture to politics to just humor. Check out Defa Entertainment. Um, we're all there, including Critical Mass. Give them a listen first. Um, but always keep yourself tuned to listen up casuals. Absolutely. So I think that's, I think that's it, my friend. All I'm going to say is cowabunga. Yes, that's totally radical. And always make sure to support your local comic shop. 